And good afternoon. You're listening to Ken Hudnall. This is the Ken Hudnall Show. Coming to you from our studios right here in exciting El Paso, Texas. Gateway to the Old West in the most haunted city in the country. Well, today is May 23rd, 143rd day of the year. 222 days remain till the year is over with. This is National Taffy Day. <clears throat> International Day to End Obstetric Fistula. Martyrman Day of Siriguru Arjun Devi G. National Drinking with Chickens Day. You may think that's foul, but what can I say? National Ethan Day. National Lucky Penny Day. National Medical Coder Day. National Reed Day. World Crohn's and Colitis Day. And World Turtle Day, which you would have known if you didn't live in a shell. Alrighty, all that having been said, 1430, Joan of Arc is captured at the siege of Compagni by troops from the Burgundian faction. 1498, Girolamo Savonarola is burned at the stake in Florence, Italy. Oh, our ancestors had such great ideas of justice. 1533, Marriage of King Henry VIII to Catherine of Aragon is declared null and void. 1568, Dutch rebels, led by Louis of Nassau, defeat Jean de Ligne, Duke of Arenberg, and his loyalist troops at the Battle of Heligory. It opened the Eighty Years' War. 1609, official ratification of the Second Virginia Charter takes place. 1618, the Second Defenestration of Prague precipitates the Thirty Years' War. 1706, John Churchill, first Duke of Marlborough, defeats a French army under Marshal Francois de Neuville, Duke of Villeroy, at the Battle of Ramillies. 1788, South Carolina ratifies the Constitution as the Eighth American State. 1793, the Battle of Femars during the Flanders Campaign of the War of the First Coalition. 1829, accordion patent granted to Cyril Damien of Vienna, Austrian Empire. 1844, declaration of the Bob, the evening before the 23rd. Merchant of Shiraz announces he's a prophet and founds a religious movement that will be brutally crushed by the Persian government. He's considered to be the forerunner of the Bahia faith. Bahia celebrate the day as a holy day. 1846, Mexican-American War. President Mariano Paredes of Mexico unofficially declares war on the U.S. 1863, General German Workers Association procures that the modern Social Democratic Party of Germany is founded in Leipzig in the Kingdom of Saxony. 1873, the Canadian Parliament establishes the Northwest Mounted Police. That is the forerunner of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. 1900, the American Civil War. Sergeant William Harvey Kearney is awarded the Medal of Honor for his heroism in the assault on the, the Battery Wagner in 1863. 1905, the Sultan of the Ottoman Empire, Abdul Hamid II, publicly announces the creation of the Ula Millet for the, the Romanians of the Empire, which had been established one day before. For this reason, the Romanian National Day is usually celebrated on May 23rd, although some do it on May 22nd instead. Well, 
1907, unicameral parliament of Finland gathers for its first plenary session. 1911, New York Public Library is dedicated. 1915, World War I, Italy joins the Allies, fulfilling its part of the Treaty of London. 1932, in Brazil, four students are shot and killed during a manifestation uh, against the Brazilian dictator Getulo Vargas, which resulted in the outbreak of the Constitutionalist Revolution a number of weeks later. 1934, Bonnie and Clyde are ambushed by police and killed in Bienville, Paris, in Louisiana. Also on this day in 1934, the Autolite strike uh, culminates in the Battle of Toledo, a five-day melee between 1,300 troops of the Ohio National Guard and 6,000 picketers. 1939, USS Squalus sinks off the coast of New Hampshire during a test dive, caused the death of 24 sailors and two civilian technicians. Remaining 32 sailors and one civilian naval architect are rescued the next day. 1945, World War II, Heinrich Himmler, head of the Schulstaffel, commits uh, suicide while in Allied custody. 1945, World War II, Germany's Flensburg government under Karl Dönitz is dissolved when its members are arrested by British forces. That would tend to put a damper on things, wouldn't you think? 1951, Tibetans signed the 17-point agreement with China. 1960, tsunami caused by an earthquake in Chile the previous day killed 61 people in Hilo, Hawaii. 1971, 78 people are killed when Aviogenics Flight 130 crashes on approach to Rijeka Airport in present-day Rijeka, Croatia, then the Socialist Federal Republic of Yugoslavia. Also on this day, 1971, the Intercontinental Hotel in Bucharest opens up, becoming the second tallest building in the city. 1992, Italy's most prominent anti-mafia judge, Giovanni Falcone, his wife, and three bodyguards are killed by the Corleonesi clan with a half-ton bomb near Capace in Sicily. His friend colleague, Paolo Brasolino, will be assassinated less than two months later, making 1992 a turning point in the history of the Italian mafia prosecutions. 1995, the first version of the Java programming language is released. 1998... Good Friday agreements accepted as a referendum in Northern Ireland with about 75% voting yes. For those who are not familiar with the Good Friday Agreement, it's a pair of agreements signed on April 10, 1998 that ended most of the violence of the Troubles, the ethno-nationalist conflict in Northern Ireland that had prevailed since the late 60s. Major development in the Northern Ireland peace process of the 90s. Made up of the multi-party agreement between most of Northern Ireland's political parties and the British-Irish agreement between the British and Irish government. Northern Ireland's present uh, devolved system of governments based on that agreement. 2002, the 55 parties caused the Kyoto Protocol was reached after its ratification by Iceland. 2006, now for those that are not familiar with the Kyoto Protocol... That was an international treaty that extended the 1992 UN Framework Convention on Climate Change that committed uh, state uh, parties to reduce greenhouse gas emissions based on a scientific consensus. Global warming is occurring and human-made CO2 emissions are driving it. Of course, I've had others tell me that there's no scientific basis for that. 
2006, Alaskan stratovolcano Mount Cleveland erupts. 2008, the International Court of Justice awards middle rocks to Malaysian Pedra Branca uh, to uh, Singapore, ending a 29-year territorial dispute between the two countries. 2013, a freeway bridge carrying Interstate 5 over the Skagit River collapses in Mount Vernon, Washington. 2014, seven people, including the perpetrator, are killed. Another 14 injured in a killing spree near the campus University of California at Santa Barbara. 2015, at least 30 people are killed as a result of floods and tornadoes in Texas, Oklahoma, and northern Mexico. 2016, two suicide bombings conducted by the Islamic State of Iraq and Syria killed at least 45 potential army recruits in Aden, Yemen. 2016, eight bombings are carried out by the Islamic State of Iraq and Syria in Jebla and Tartus coastline cities in Syria. Uh, 184 people are killed and over 200 are injured. 2017, Philippine President Rodrigo Duterte declares martial law in Mindanao following the Demonte's attack on Morali. 2021, a cable car falls from a mountain near Lake Maggiore in northern Italy kills 14 people. 2021, Rainair Flight 4978 is forced to land by Belarus authorities to detain dissident journalist Roman Protasevich. And in 2022, Anthony Albanese of the Australian Labour Party is sworn in as the 31st Prime Minister of Australia after winning the 2022 Australian federal election ended nine years of conservative rule. All right. You know, after looking <clears throat> over the news from the last few days, it would appear that nothing makes you patriotic like being locked up in a Russian prison. Brittany Griner, who wanted to take a knee when the national anthem was played, now wants to stand. She's suddenly patriotic. The uh, And people are losing their minds over transgenders, which literally makes no sense. The, uh, there was a young man who was suspended from school for wearing a t-shirt saying there are only two sexes. Looks like <clears throat> the people that made that decision missed the science class the day that they talked about uh, males and females. You can call yourself whatever you want to call yourself, but that doesn't change the basic facts. And, of course, about a gig who was uh, uh, openly gay um, who's serving as Secretary of Transportation, who can't seem to be at any place where he's needed, claims Republicans oppose trans ideology because of ulterior motives. You know, if he had a clue about what he was talking about, it would sound so much better. And, of course... Indiana Jones, the fifth 
installment. Um, it has woke material in it, and people get ready to go to war over that. Target is carrying tuck-friendly swimwear for male genitalia. So when people quit buying at Target, they can wonder why. All right. Now, we've been talking about um, UFOs and military encount um, encounters with extraterrestrials. The, um, and we talked about the fact there's a series of, um, in the 60s, a series of disasters at sea in which uh, four submarines from different nations were lost in four months. 318 lives were lost. Never before or since have so many underwater vessels been destroyed during peacetime in such a brief period. Began January the 9th, 1968. Israel's newly purchased submarine Dakar, which was Hebrew for swordfish, left Portsmouth, England, under the command of Major Yaakov Ranian. Sixteen days later, informed Tel Aviv Naval Headquarters he had entered the Aegean Sea earlier than expected. The vessel was performing satisfactory. Everything was going well. well. Nothing further was heard until January 27th when the radio station Nicosia got a distress call southeast of Cyprus on the frequency of the Dakar's emergency boy, which broke off when the submarine dove rapidly through her maximum depth, had a catastrophic hull rupture, and went to the bottom. 9,800 feet. The emergency boy was released by the violence of the hull collapse. All 69 men on board were killed. And despite a five-nation search for the vessel that's wreckage uh, between the island of uh, Cyprus and Crete, wasn't located for more than uh, 30 years. According to a uh, story in Wikipedia, her conning tower was snapped off and, and fallen over the side. Stern of the submarine with propeller and dive planes broke off after the engine room and was resting beside the main hull. Now, nobody had any idea what could have caused such extensive damage because the Dakar showed no signs of having experienced an explosion. Same day it was destroyed, another submarine was lost 1,560 miles away. 7.55 in the morning, Lieutenant André Fauvet, uh, commanding the French vessel, Minerva, routinely notified his air escort, a Brigot to be our 1150 Atlantic uh, Maritime Patrol plane, he would arrive at Toulon in about uh, an hour. And he was among the, the Marine uh, Nationale's most experienced submariners. Had over four years of experience, more than 7,000 hours underwater. Just 25 nautical miles from the south coast of France, the Minerva, along with her 52 crewmen, vanished. They haven't been seen since, despite uh, a year-long search undertaken by both French and U.S. naval units, including uh, none other than Jacques Cousteau. 
Well, an airman flying the, the escorting plane observed anything at the time that suggested an explosion or anything out of the ordinary took place in the vicinity of the submarine. Next February 24th, the K-129, a 330-foot-long, 2,700-ton Russian submarine, reached deep water in the central Pacific Ocean, conducting its test dive and returned to the surface. Captain First Rank V.I. Kamzar reported by radio everything was fine and then proceeded on his patrol. He and the other 97 men on board were never heard from again. Soviet Navy deployed a huge flotilla of search and rescue ships, but they couldn't find the K-129. But we did. March 8th, after monitoring an underwater acoustic signal, the Isolated single sound of an explosion or implosion led him to the wreck, lying about 600 nautical miles north of Midway, between 16,440 and 16,500 feet down. Although the U.S. Navy salvages, uh, salvagers retrieved some or most of K-129, they couldn't determine the cause of its destruction. Subsequent theories suggest a hydrogen explosion in the batteries while charging, or maybe the collision with an American submarine a leaking missile door seal, even mutiny. But after investigation, all these theories were discarded. May 22nd, Commander Francis Slatter of the American submarine Scorpion radioed his position at 400 nautical miles southwest of the Azores, running at 15 knots, 350 feet beneath the surface of the North Atlantic. And after that report, nothing further was heard from the 99 officers and crew. And after the Scorpion's broken wreckage was found at 9,800 feet, structural analysis group physicists uh, concluded that an explosion event was unlikely to cause the sinking because of the absence of a bubble pulse, which invariably occurs in an underwater blast. And it was absolute evidence that no torpedo explosion occurred outside or inside the vessel's hull. Up to that point, a sneak attack by the Russians had been suspected especially in view of Commander Slattery's last matches that indicated he was about to begin surveillance of the Soviets. But a U.S. Navy Court of Inquiry determined the USSR naval units were too far removed from the Scorpion's position to have intercepted her. According to the court's ruling, the certain cause of the loss of the Scorpion can't be ascertained from the evidence that's available. Undersea disasters that occurred during the first half of 1968 had more in common than a shared time frame, although it was particularly remarkable that the Dakar and Minerva both succumbed on the same day. Probabilities against such a coincidence are astronomical, especially one factors in two more such calamities within the next 17 weeks. And a Minerva's complete disappearance, a mere 25 nautical miles off the French coast in calm, clear conditions while being escorted by 10 observers aboard a low-flying aircraft was not only unique, in history, but utterly inexplicable. Her fate was no less baffling, though, than that of the other three doomed vessels, and the cause for their demise equally eluded all investigating uh, naval authorities. Nevertheless, even after the passage of more than 50 years, clues exist in parallels among the submarines themselves. Each one was unusually ahead of its time and beyond the technological level of other submarines, in fact, these were the leading undersea warships of their time. 
The deck aren't been outfitted with a new radar detection system and not yet been tested. Lieutenant Colonel Benny Mamion, uh, the engineer who developed it, was on board with his advanced equipment, which was never recovered from the wreck. The Minerva was an experimental missile-carrying submarine. U.S. Navy Scorpion specialized in developing uh, nuclear submarine warfare tactics. And according to Wikipedia, the submarine entered an inland Russian sea during a northern run in 1966 where it filmed a Soviet missile launch through its periscope before fleeing Soviet naval ships. And the K-129 carried an undetermined number of innovative SSN-5 CERB rockets capable of lofting a megaton nuclear warhead more than a thousand miles. It was the existence of these uh, superior weapons on board the, the K-129 that prompted America's CIA to covertly salvage the Soviet submarine. But the singular capabilities of the warships appeared to have engaged the interest of more than just the CIA. On the dates, they were lost. A dozen UFO sightings, most of them made at or near large bodies of water, were reported worldwide. January 27th, the day of the Dakar and Minerva sank, a married couple walking along the southeast Florida shore of Lantana, just north of Miami, saw a flying disc at low altitude and clear weather not far out over the Atlantic Ocean. It was about 2 in the morning. Beginning at 4.40 that same morning, Knoxville, Tennessee, police got telephone calls from nine witnesses describing a similar object hovering over the city. About 6 a.m., Keats Island residents off the coast of British Columbia reported seeing a white starlight craft make two wide um, spirals that uh, zigzagged uh, parallel to the earth. Afterward, it changed color to yellow and then pink, and then it faded into the distance. Two hours later, an object larger than the star was observed over San Antonio, Texas. And electromagnetic effects, such as television, radio, and telephone interference were noted. At 5.12, a flying disc was sighted that had an appearance and performance beyond the capability of any known earthly aircraft and observed by more than five witnesses from a building in downtown Millington, northeast Michigan, on Lake Huron. About 9 that evening in Modesto, central California, 70 miles from the Pacific Ocean, an object the size of the moon, as it appeared in the night sky, was sighted that had an appearance and performance beyond the capability of any known earthly aircraft. A man standing in his backyard watched it for a good 12 seconds. On March 8th, as the K-129 went down, a flying disc was observed by three witnesses for five minutes over Syracuse, New York, 34 miles from Lake Ontario. That was at 2.45 in the afternoon. 10 p.m., a single witness reported a trio of Similarly, disc-shaped objects flying over Rosington, Rossington in uh, east-central England, 30 miles from the coast. An area of disc larger than a star was observed by two witnesses for more than two minutes in Sherman Oaks, California, 10 miles from the Pacific. At 11.40 on the morning of May 22nd, when the USS Scorpion vanished. That evening at 7.40, three cylinder-shaped UFOs flew to the south of Belesti, Romania, emitting a strong light. Fourth object joined them later and then vanished. Another, or maybe the same three objects, were observed by one witness for 12 seconds at 10.22 p.m. over Greenwood, South Carolina. And although these reported 
Observations were made far from the location where the submarines vanished. At least one sighting was made in close connection with the Scorpion. It was disclosed in March 2002, nearly 34 years after the event, to the National UFO Reporting Center by an eyewitness who, in his own words, was involved in the actual incident aboard a U.S. Navy vessel, Hades, the AF-28. The Hades was a combat store ship used to stow supplies and other goods for naval purposes. And according to Wikipedia, she was ordered to search the area for the Scorpion and became the first to do so. According to this eyewitness, the last known position to report for the Scorpion was in our area, just off the Azor Islands. We immediately started a search of the area, which for us lasted three days and nights. On the second night of searching, an object was reflected in the searchlight. Um, and the witness said, I was the signalman, and my duty station was the signal bridge running the, the light. As the ship turned toward the object, it went out of the beam and was lost due to darkness. It was a cloudy night with no stars or moon. A few years later, I read about the incident and that the object, which was lost in the beam, mysteriously lifted off the water and vanished into the sky. With these numerous sightings in conjunction with the lost submarine and her High tech suggests the vessels were targeted by extraterrestrial intruders, determined the blunt development of mankind's advanced weaponry. And still more extreme was maybe the single most terrifying close encounter of the sixth kind in all ufology. At its source, and narrowly to have been less credible, the account would have been deemed more worthy of inclusion in an anthology than most gruesome horror stories. Derives instead from the Grudge 13 report, a series of Project Grudge Blue Book reports released over the years in connection with the Air Force investigation into UFOs. The original Project Grudge succeeded Project Sign in February 1949. Overtly concerned with debunking every aspect of the extraterrestrial problem to the American public, Grudge, Project Grudge formally ended in December 1949 but continued in a minimal capacity until late 1951. And after that, I was allowed to continue covertly under a phantom extension on his Grudge 13. And Grudge was succeeded in turn by Project Blue Book, supposedly terminated with the release of the Condon Report in the late 60s. Well, Grudge 13's confidential findings remained unknown to the outside uh, world until they were disclosed by Bill English, a former Green Beret captain in the Army uh, 8 Special Forces Group, following his southeastern Asia tour of duty in 1977. He was assigned to a U.S. Security Services uh, command headquarters at an RAF base in Sands, England. Chicksands, England, I'm sorry. As he stated in the Colorado radio interview broadcast June 28, 1991, and I might point out that I also interviewed him several times on my show. RAF Chicksands was a security listening post and we monitored radio transmissions from the Soviet bloc nations. Those transmissions were translated, and it was his job to take the information that was obtained and analyzed to try and make determination as to whether or not the information was factual. Specifically, his job was to analyze whatever came across his desk. He was a data analyst, and he was asked to analyze a document that came across his desk entitled Grudge Blue Book Report Number 13. It was a 600-page long report. Well, his job designation was to take information, analyze it for its validity, and on that particular day in June of 77, the duty officer who brought 
their assignments, which we signed for, brought this document in a diplomatic pouch and unsealed it in front of him. He signed for it and went back to his little cubbyhole. Donkey was very much higher than top secret, and he believed that was a reason for him to have been provided with the document because there were some photographs in it that he himself had taken while he was in Vietnam. His photos that were made in Laos showed the severely mutilated bodies of U.S. crew members on board the uh, Air Force bomber downed by UFOs in the early 70s. He said the Grudge 13 report clearly stated this wreckage was material that had been recovered from various crashes sites around the country in several South American and European nations. Clearly stated it was of alien origin, not of the Earth. After he analyzed the document, he turned in his report as per regulations, signed the document back over to the officer of the day, and forgot about it. Nobody talked about their work. You don't talk about things like that. You just sort of bubble it over and get on with life. Well, among the most disturbing things in that 600-page Grudge 13 report were autopsy reports from hospitals, clinics, and even country doctors in the U.S. and various parts of the world, including the Ural Mountains of Russia, such as the 1959's Dyatlov Pass incident of humans being mutilated by extraterrestrials. And one outstanding case was set in the White Sands Missile Range in New Mexico, the largest military installation in the U.S., in March 1956, Air Force Sergeant Jonathan Levitt assisted Major William Cunningham of the Air Force Missile Commander Holloman Air Force Base in scouring the desert with flashlights for scattered debris from a uh, recent rocket test. And as their search carried him away from the launch sites, the two men wandered somewhat apart. Levitt uh, temporarily disappeared over the ridge of a small sand dune. About three in the morning, the Major was shocked to hear a loud scream and extreme fright or pain. He thought maybe Lovett had been bitten by a poisonous snake and sprinted over the sand dune to help him. Instead, what Cunningham saw was a long serpentine armor wrapped around the terrified sergeant's legs as it dragged him toward a silver disc hovering in the air 15 or 20 feet away. The major froze, staring dumbfounded as the hopelessly struggling Lovett was dragged inside the craft and immediately rose vertically and sped away without a sound into the starry sky. Cunningham immediately went to his jeep and radioed Missile Command for assistance. When the security teams arrived, the Major was so emotionally overwrought they took him in charge and confined him to the White Sands Base Dispensary for observation and treatment. Now, it is interesting to note that Missile Control did confirm an unidentified radar contact near the base at about the time Sergeant Lovett vanished. Search parties went into the desert looking for him. After three days, they found his new corpse 10 miles downrange. From all indications, the cadaver had been exposed to the elements from 24 to 48 hours. Now, where he'd been for that extra day, what happened to his clothes, is anybody's guess. And the autopsy proved shocking. It seems his body had been severely mutilated. Tongue had been removed from the lower portion of the jaw, with an incision beginning just under the tip of the chin, extending all the way back to the esophagus and the larynx. He was castrated, his eyes were gouged out, his anus was missing. In the Air Force's medical examination report, the coroner commented on the surgical skill evidenced in the removal of those organs, writing the anus and genitalia had been neatly extracted like a plug. In the case of the anus, it went all the way to the colon.
Sarge's corpse had also been drained to the last drop of blood, but there was no indication of vascular collapse due to death by bleeding. And this was certainly an anomaly because vascular collapse invariably results when the human body expires as a result of severe bleeding complete blood loss. And no less unaccountably, the cadaver also appeared to have reached a fatal degree of toxicity. When it was discovered, security teams reported that it was surrounded by a number of dead birds that had collapsed after eating some of the flesh. According to Major Donald Keogh, with control of the universe at stake, a crash program's imperative. We produced the A-bomb under the Manhattan Project in an amazingly short period of time. But today, the urgency is even greater. Air Force should end the UFO secrecy and give the facts to the scientists, the public, and the Congress. Of course, giving it to Congress is basically a waste. Once people realize the truth, they would back even demand a crash program. You know, if in fact uh, a UFO did. Now, I'll tell you what Bill English told me in the interview. They had been sent into Laos to find a missing bomber. When they found it, it looked like it had just been sat down in the jungle. There was no signs of a crash. It was still sealed. They had to break their way into it. All the bodies, because everybody on board was dead, had been treated much the way Sergeant Lovett's body was. They had been castrated. The tongue had been taken. The anus had been cored out. And uh, according to the English told uh, Rick Barber on Radio KOA in Denver, he was in Vietnam in 1772. And he talked about the recovery mission I just mentioned. He had a downed aircraft to recover in Laos. And if there were any surviving crew members, they had to rescue them. And they wanted the flight recorders. They found the aircraft, a Boeing B-52 Stratofortress jet bomber. Um, no crash damage at all. And it wasn't destroyed. I mean, it was not, minor damage was found on the underside of the fuselage. It looked like a big hand had picked it up and put it in the jungle. It's a 133-ton aircraft. flies 525 miles per hour at 50,000 feet. Apparently been grabbed in midair and sat down at a remote spot in the tropical jungle. They gained access to the aircraft, went in through one of the hatches. The entire crew of five men was still in their, strapped into their safety harnesses, but all were dead and mutilated. English and his team members initially assumed the airmen had been tortured by the Viet Cong. The close examination of the mangled corpse's unusual condition convinced the men otherwise, and the immediate vicinity indicated no outsiders had visited the downed aircraft. Our crew was in their jumpsuits, no survivors, several hundred thousand tons of bombs in the, the craft. The um, B-52 usually carried a maximum payload of 35 tons, something English who was uh, had only been in the Green Berets wouldn't have known. But the bombs were sitting in the Bombay. Now we're operating in enemy territory, and everybody had to get in and get out as fast as they could.
He took photographs. He collected dog tags. Recovered the black boxes around the aircraft, which they were right where they were told they would be located. Then we put satchel charges throughout the aircraft and destroyed it with the body still in it. No possible way they could have taken the bodies out. The men on board the plane were listed, listed later as KIA. Well, they turned in the material they got, the black boxes, the photographs, the dog tags, and whatever records they found on, to, uh, on the aircraft to the Military Assistance Command, or MACV as it was called. Uh, headquarters was in Saigon, and they forgot about it. Well, five years later, as a data analyst in Lingle, he reviewed the Glurge 13 report, and there was a report attached to the photographs that stated the aircraft had been in radio contact with its base and reported it was under attack by bright objects. All of a sudden, radio transmission ended. Well, accounts of alien atrocities committed against servicemen during the Vietnam War predated the the find that English and his team made in Laos. Rumors floated around that UFOs had kidnapped and mutilated two Army soldiers, according to Bill Cooper, and then dropped them in the bush. Cooper was captain of PB-44, a patrol boat that uh, went up and down the Koa Viet River from 67 to 69 when he got the Silver Star, the U.S. military's third highest decoration for valor in combat. Before his discharge in 75, he rose through the ranks of naval intelligence where his citation granted him a kind of special clearance. Among the above top secret files open to him was a report about the outcome of a battle between the enemy and the U.S. Marines in a village inhabited by some 50 Vietnamese who couldn't be evacuated in time. After fighting near its climax, several metallic discs were seen hovering above the huts. Both sides fired at him, and UFOs shot back with a mysterious blue light. The guerrillas, the Vietnamese, the Viet Cong, fled as soon as they realized that their weapons, like uh, those of uh, U.S. soldiers, had no effect on these craft, which took off at high speed shortly after that. The uh, the Marines who were in, had been in con uh, combat with the Vietnam, uh, Viet Cong moved into the hamlet only to find that all the people in the village had vanished. Now, none of the mass disappearance of all extraterrestrials and U.S. Uh, Special Operations Forces uh, occurred in August of 68 when members of a small ranger team were leaving enemy territory after completing a mission in North Vietnam on their way to a prearranged helicopter pickup location. When National Liberation Front forces uh, gaining on them to Outnumbered Americans uh, climbed a high hill to, in order to get some measure of defense. As they began digging in, uh, the AK-47 assault rifles came from an adjacent hill just uh, that had been occupied by the uh, pursuing uh, commies. Tracer rounds can be seen rising uh, practically straight up into the sky, but uh, not. at the expected rescue helicopters. Instead, the uh, Viet Cong fire concentrated on a large semicircular object. One member of the team uh, recalled that its color kept changing from light blue to bright red, making no noise, and as soon as the enemy tracers got close to the object, it 
stopped in midair just a few hundred feet from where the U.S. Special Operations Team was hiding. And they saw a streak of light shoot out from the front of that object, and there was nothing but silence. UFO briefly lingered over the spot where the enemy had been firing at it, then turned and headed out to sea. Rangers uh, stayed undercover for another half hour before moving out to reconnoiter the opposite hill. The Viet uh, Cong were nowhere to be seen. They'd vanished. Only scattered about were the weapons. And they'd been belted down, melted down to almost nothing. And the smell was so bad it stayed with the team members for hours after that. In fact, 1968 was the most intense year for confrontations between Vietnam Air Earthlings and extraterrestrials. It began January 31st. 70,000 North Vietnamese and Viet Cong forces launched a coordinated series of attacks on more than 100 cities and towns across South Vietnam. But something other than human forces were also involved in what became known as the Tet Offensive, named after Indochina's Lunar New Year holiday. During one late-night operation, as a veteran recalls his experience, he and a few of the Marines went through the uh, base gate of the uh, Red Beach Base Area Complex Logistics and Support Bases northwest of Da Nang and went into the jungle about three clicks, which is just under ten, uh, two miles, to a point where uh, two of the uh, encountered trails, known as the Ho Chi Minh Trail, crossed and set up an ambush and waited through the long, hot jungle night for Viet Cong to come walking down the trail. According to what the, uh, the veteran of this operation had to say, they broke ambush in the early hours and marched back down the trail. Just entered a clearing when suddenly up in the sky, just above the jungle canopy and slightly behind them, there was a, a UFO visible for a short period of time. Apparently the Viet Cong saw it too and opened fire with RPGs and small arms, which had absolutely no effect on the UFO. The uh, Americans didn't fire, but only watched as it hovered uh, over them for maybe five minutes or so, and it seemed to drift sideways, and suddenly as it appeared, it was gone. Well, they started marching again toward Red Beach. Nobody said anything, but the captain told them to forget what they'd seen. Got back to base without incident, but this days, I can still see the UFO, he said, and so can the rest of us in our memories. Three days in June compressed more such activity than at any other time, beginning a world away in Southeast Asia in another communist country. On the, uh, the 14th of June, a 42-year-old reservist in the Edricito Rebelde, uh, Fidel Castro's Revolutionary Army, was standing guard duty near Cabanas, a village on the northeast coast of uh, western Cuba, when a bright object silently descended behind a line of trees about five minutes after midnight. When Isidro uh, Puentes Ventura went to investigate, he stopped about 150 feet from a, a landed disk covered with a white light, surmounted by a dome and an antenna array. The, uh, the craft, about the size of a large pickup truck standing on a kind of squat tripod, shall know the details until he opened up with his... Um, more than 40 rounds from this Kalashnikov machine gun. 
Target responded by growing dark and emitting a ear-shattling whistle. Next thing he knew, he woke up in a hospital bed after a coma lasting 13 days. And although he wasn't physically injured, the Rollers determined his condition had been induced by emotional trauma. Other reservists in the area heard the blast of his automatic weapon, and they came running and found him lying motionless outside uh, Cabanas. But they didn't see the, the UFO and carried him to the Naval Hospital in Havana. After he made his report, he was subjected to 50 hours of continual interrogation, followed by 15 hypnosis sessions. Meanwhile, state police investigating the scene of his alleged encounter encountered 48 spent cartridges from his uh, Kalashnikov, plus 14 bullets flattened as if they'd been fired against an extremely hard surface. Round depression was clearly visible in the soil, with a hole about three feet in diameter in the middle and three indentations around it. And each of the three surrounding marks rectangular in shape and measured about uh, one meter deep by 40 centimeters wide. The overall width across three landing depressions, measuring four meters. Intelligence officers discovered the area covered with a fine gray dust spread 15 feet across the circular depression. Soil samples were taken for analysis showing they'd been subjected to a high degree of heat. Cuban radar operators uh, additionally detected an unidentified aircraft in the Cabanas area shortly after midnight on June 14th. Before their, uh, but shortly after they detected it, it uh, contact was lost as a result of anomalous electronic interference. At noon on June 15th, two McDonnell Douglas F-4 jet interceptors came low over the Bang San, a town in the south-central uh, coastal region of Vietnam, hotly pursuing a large silvery disk. One of the Phantom Twos got close enough to fire a 20-millimeter shell from its cannon. The strange craft made a controlled landing in the middle of a firefight between a squad of American M60 tanks and an and undetermined number of uh, North Vietnamese Army troops and according to a U.S. Army uh, soldier who witnessed the attack. He said things sort of stopped for a while until the NVA and the VC fired an RPG at the UFO. First RPG had no effect whatsoever, so more were fired. Well, the UFO somehow neutralized the RPGs and started attacking the NVA. He didn't indicate how the extraterrestrials defended themselves, but at this point, the American tanks opened up on the UFO, and the UFO couldn't stop the 90-millimeter tank rounds and was destroyed. Well, at that point, the NVA and the VC broke off and left, and U.S. troops found several alien bodies and at least one survivor in the UFO wreckage. When the American commander, a major, called for a medevac, he was told nothing was available. Everything was being used in the search for the, the other UFO. He told him he had it, and chopper was immediately sent. When it arrived, the CIA type in charge refused to take the wounded American GIs, but they did take the, the alien casually. At this point, the, the major shot the surviving alien and had his uh, tanks grind the wreckage and extraterrestrial bodies into the ground. Chopper pilot overruled the CIA type on board and medevac the wounded GIs. Well, word of the Bonsang incident spread rapidly among U.S. servicemen throughout the region, making them jump in, primed to go off half-cocked at anything resembling a cross between Charlie and a, an alien. 
But just after midnight, Lieutenant Pete Snyder and the American crew of Swiftboat PCF-12 set out under a brightly moonlit sky down the Kuaviet, same dangerous river where Captain Cooper earned his silver star for courage under fire. After about a half hour on the water, he got an urgent message for another patrol boat not far away. Its commander, Lieutenant Richard Davis, requested immediate assistance against a pair of attacking enemy helicopters. Well, during the Vietnam War, the term enemy helicopter was a U.S. military euphemism for UFO because the North Vietnamese only operated fixed-wing aircraft. They weren't called UFOs for obvious reasons. They were called enemy helicopters, according to General George Brown, uh, commander of the 7th U.S. Air Force and deputy commander for air operations, military assistance command in Vietnam. He held that position from 1968 to 1970. Later, he was chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Lieutenant Snyder's vessel approached the other boat. He and his three crew members saw two glowing spheroids poised motionless above its position. Moments later, a sudden flash of blinding light illuminated PCF-19, which was instantly engulfed in a horrific explosion, killing five of the seven-man crew, including Davis. Spheroids vanished before the thundered blast echoed way down the river. PCF-12 picked up two wounded survivors, the gunner's mate and the seaman, told how the UFO had fallen for miles up the, the river before attacking. Uh, Snyder radioed in a preliminary report to the U.S. Naval Base at Saigon and got orders to complete his patrol. Just sent his second engine man, uh, Jeff Steffs, frantically called out about the appearance of two enemy helicopters silently but steadily approaching the vessel. They spotted, uh, according to Steffes, they spotted two aircraft hovering on our port and starboard beams about 300 yards away and 100 feet above the water. As the boat swung around to pass the aircraft ahead in the stern of PCF-12, he could hear Snyder requesting air support and identify to these uh, helos. The answer from the beach was, no friendly aircraft in the area have contacts near you on radar and starlight scope. So they had to be North Vietnamese. But they weren't. The next two and a half hours, long beyond the the operational range of any contemporaneous helicopter, PCF-12, played cat and mouse with these anomalous helos, opening fire on them at close range with twin 50-caliber machine guns from a forward turret of Paris 7.62-millimeter machine guns mounted on the port and starboard sides and MK-19 grenade launchers. But their combined firepower, as accurate as it was concentrated, had no effect on the the incoming spheroids. When them flew so close to the boat that Steffies could see that they had a rounded front like an observation uh, helo and what looked like two crewmen sitting side by side. No pilot and gunner were flying an observation helicopter into combat sitting side by side behind a plexiglass canopy. If they had, they'd have been shot down in a heartbeat. As Lieutenant Snyder reportedly repeatedly radioed headquarters for backup, PCF-12 churned the uh, the river's murky water at top speed in a desperate effort to escape the uh, pursuers. The police were finally answered around 2.30 in the morning when several phantom fighters uh, roared in low overhead, chasing off the spheroids with six-barrel Gatling cannons chattering away and streaking uh, AIM-9 uh, Sidewinder air-to-air missiles. 
But then, unknown to Snyder and his crew, radar operators uh, confirmed no less than 30 enemy helicopters of various dimensions, some of them as large as a warship, closing on Da Nang at 5,000 feet down uh, the Vietnamese uh, Vietnam coast at 375 miles per hour, more than twice the speed of any helicopter in the world at that point in time. When these contacts were visually identified by forward spotters along the eastern DMZ, that's a six-mile-wide strip separating North and South Vietnam, the entire Red Beach uh, base area was thrown into full alert. More U.S. 7th Air Force interceptors were dispatched to engage the this flying armada, which was additionally fired on by every anti-aircraft gun um, we had available. Seemingly in the face of such resistance, the glowing lights veered away out over the China Sea. Well, it was here the U.S. Naval Fleet was stationed in company with a Perth-class guided missile destroyer of the Royal Australian Navy. Blacked out, maintaining radio silence, HMS Hobart was uh, patrolling near Tiger Island about uh, 13 miles off uh, Cap Lay when her starboard side was struck by a guided missile. Penetrated the aluminum hull and exploded, killing ordinary seaman R.J. Butterworth and wounding two crew members. As the Hobart's duck gun got off five shots at her identified attacker, two more missiles slammed into her starboard side. Killed Chief Tech uh, Electrician uh, Richard Hunt and several, injured several others. After daybreak, military authorities were informed to their horror that the blacked-out Australian warship had been attacked by American fighter pilots who mistook her in the dark for a UFO. Further mortified to learn that none of the 30 enemy helicopters uh, had been shot down for all the thousands of cannon shells and dozen or so guided missiles expended during the incident. Well, clearly, there was a whole lot more going on in the Vietnam War than we were made aware of. Now, when I was in South America, I saw some UFOs. Apparently, they had a base down there. When I notified the colonel, I was accused of drinking. And after he called somebody, he informed me that I hadn't seen anything if I wanted to remain an officer. Well... On that note, we come to the end of today's show. We'll be back tomorrow, and once again, we'll be talking about military encounters with UFOs. Till then, this is Ken Hudnall for the Ken Hudnall Show, saying have a truly great evening. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.